to the intentional bride, a space created to nurture your heart in God's love. Let's get intentional. Hey and welcome to another episode of the Intentional Bride. Happy Sunday. I'm happy to be here. If this is your first time, I encourage you to follow me on at Intentional Bride on Instagram as well as connect with me on podbean.com so that anytime I post a new episode, you get a notification. So yes, um, this is an exciting, exciting topic for me to talk about. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible, the story of Gideon. And for this one, I will dub the bride that dared. My story today comes from Judges, the Judges 6, verse 1 to 6. And that's where I'm just going to focus, uh, contextualizing the story on. And then from verse 11 to 14, we'll see the solution to the context. I mean, it makes more sense as we go through. So for those who, who know the story, this is my revelation. This is this is how God explained it to me. And I think it's so practical for what we are going through today, especially what's going on in India and just the world in general and the, the sense of hopelessness as to when this disease is going to stop ravaging at our pockets, our livelihoods, at us, threatening every aspect of our existence. So I hope that this can be a source of hope for somebody. And just a reminder that God is on the throne. So just before I I dive in, Gideon is introduced at a time where there is so much devastation among the children of Israel. And they, they had gone through the worst of the worst at the hands of the Midianites. And, um... The story starts because it was a consequence of their sin. They had done evil in the eyes of the Lord. And so he handed them over to their enemies. And because of that, Israel went through the most. So let me just read to contextualize so that it makes sense. Gideon 6, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts caves and strongholds whenever the israelites planted their crops the midianites the amalekites and the other eastern people invaded the country they camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to gaza and did not spare a living thing for israel neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys they came up with their livestock and tents like swarms of locusts it was impossible to count them on their camels they invaded the land to ravage it Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. So it was really bad, really, really bad. Anything living, anything that could produce for them in terms of sustenance, in terms of food, was absolutely destroyed. I can imagine you're living in mountain clefts, you're hiding away in the forests. It must have been so devastating. And your enemy is being described as as like swarms of locusts. But when the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who a prophet who said, this is what the Lord God of Israel says. I brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians. I delivered you from the hand of your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you to their land and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord, your God. Do not worship the gods of Amorites in whose land you live, live but you have not listened to me. 
the angel of the Lord came, sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Josh the Abiezite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press to keep it from the Midianites. So I know how many of you have you know been you know been going through the most. You've seen God come through for you before. You know, you've prayed to him and he's come through and you know, you can state like if you're, you know, count your blessings, you can count that God did that for me, God did that for me. And then there's this situation you're really being faced with and it's really heavy and it's really difficult. It's really, really bad. And you're praying to God and there's no relief. There's no, nothing coming through or, and then God comes through with the one of those words for, I rescued you that time you had this issue i came through for you when you didn't have this i came through for you when you didn't have that i am god i'll come through for you and you're thinking you know what yes but then this situation is looking it's looking like it's going to crush me it's looking really bad and i can i i almost feel like the situation was so dire like why are you telling me all these things like if you're gonna do if you're the same god for back in the day so just go ahead and go ahead and just do it i don't feel like you should even be telling me this is what i'm trying to do for you or what i went where i went wrong things are bad so go ahead and i've said sorry go ahead and just save me but the interesting thing that happened here is that that caught my attention is we now see Gideon being introduced into the scene. So the angel of the Lord comes. He sits under the of the tree, the oak in, in Opa that belongs to Josh the Abiezite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press to keep it from the Midianites. So we already see this outlier, outlier Gideon, the bride that dared. Remember, these people are coming like locusts. They know you harvest maybe in June, you harvest in October, you harvest in January. Gideon has harvested. Not only is he harvesting, he's threshing wheat in the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. I assume if they found him, it was a death sentence. So already we see the daring nature of Gideon come through. And is it possible that the fact that even if things were really bad, that little intentional action you continuously take, standing on that word and saying, God, things are very bad, but with this little that you have given me, I will give thanks and continue to move forward. Could that be the little action that God looks on you and says, there's something about this bride. I have work for this bride. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. That's the thing with God. He does, he never comes into your situation with your current mindset or the current space that you're in in that moment. He always comes with some futuristic stuff, yeah? So Gideon is here hiding from his oppressor. Threshing wheat in a wine press that's nowhere close to wherever he's from. But what is the Lord saying? The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon was not a mighty warrior. Gideon was in a bad place. Gideon was probably just doing what he was doing to make sure he's able to provide something small for his family or whatever the case. Sometimes we're just trying, we're just surviving. You know, we're just trying to do whatever we can to just keep it moving. So all this talk about mighty warrior or intentional bride like me or all these big things that God has in store for us that comes from our future that he's speaking into our now. I mean, I, I love gideon's response because i feel like this is the second reason i call him the bride that dared because this is what he said to the angel pardon me my lord gideon replied but if god was with us why has all this happened to us he didn't stop there 
you're talking to an angel this guy probably was shiny he's intense the presence of god is with him he didn't stop he's like where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said did not the lord bring us out of egypt but now the lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian." so basically he checked this guy is like mighty warrior hold up hold up where where is god where is god where is god i know i've asked god these questions personally i have in circumstances where he's calling me something he's decreeing over my life something he's calling out of me something and i'm just like but why is these things happening to us why is the world the way it is if you want me to spread your love, if you want me to spread your intentionality for your bride, why, where, where is the give? Where is you come back and say, you know what, COVID, you've harassed guys for two years. Go, disappear into thin air. Let us say, let us say that God has been faithful for us. But the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of the Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Gideon wasn't taking it lying down. So this is where I'm just like, okay. Pardon me, my Lord. How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you. You will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, if I have found favor in your sight, give me a sign that you're talking to me. Don't go away till I set my offering. So Gideon does whatever he does. But for me, this is where... The message stops. Gideon was the least in his 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 clan was the weakest, and he was the least in that family. But this Lord, this presence of God, this angel or the Holy Spirit, whoever showed up to him is saying, "You will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive." And Gideon replied, "If I found favor, give me a sign. Give me a sign." What has God called you to do? What can you do in your strength? What can you do in your space of influence? What has God called you to do today in today's chaotic world? Whatever occupation you are, whatever position you're at, what little ripple can you make that can make that if we all join together and all made a little ripple, wouldn't it make a massive wave? And wouldn't they be such a difference? Couldn't we all come together and create a storm? Gideon found favor and walked with God. He found his voice. He asked questions. He was daring. And most importantly, if we continue to read the story, Gideon led people to freedom. And he led people to freedom with a very thin army. Your little wave, your little tribe, your little clan, your little capacity in that little place. If you can encourage one person who represents a generation, if I if I encourage Jane and Jane represents a generation, she carries a generation in her womb. So she's going to have children. She's going to have a husband. So if I can encourage her and her, she influences her family and she influences her husband, before long, a generation is changed because of my little voice. This thing that we do is not about the instant uh, gratification it will give you in fact on the contrary it's difficult it's not easy to do what i do and it's not easy to be intentional to make a little wave especially in today's society it's rotten like people are doing the most and i'm not perfect 
I don't sit on a high horse saying that I'm perfect, but I'm saying at least I know every time I sit here, I make my small wave. And for the little people that listen, it goes and it makes a difference and it sets you free. It liberates you to know that don't look down on yourself. What difference do I make? I mean, you don't understand what I'm in a very rotten career. It's so immoral. It's so corrupt. There's simply no way I can make a difference. Gideon's world was messed up. Gideon's world was broken. There was an oppressor. They were dying. They were killing anything and everything they could see. They were coming every time for harvest to destroy and utterly devastate. The children of Israel were completely, completely impoverished. But God used the least of the least of the least of the least to set them free. God is not interested in people with titles or status those are not the guys that are going to set us free it's us on the ground whispering to each other keep holding on keep holding on you got this you got this encouraging the the the, your work your your person at work or your husband or whoever or your spouse or whoever it is listen i know it's rough but you got this or you're special do you know you're you're gifted you're amazing do you know that if you really just put your life in god's hands you would never be the same again. And boom, generations are changed. If we all held hands and did one good deed a day. My challenge to you is let's do one good deed a day. Let's speak life into one situation a day. And see if that causes some ripple effect. A small storm that overall might change the culture in your workspace, might change the culture in your home. Go home and say, guys, let's let's give thanks. For today, God has given us good health. I'm able to sit here and be healthy and say that God is able to use me and my breath. If I've woken up every day, I always say to myself, every day I've woken up and I have breath, it's because God is not done with me. And if God is not done with me, how can I make a difference in my little space of influence? Gideon dared. He dared, he questioned God, he questioned his circumstance, he questioned it all. But in the end, he said, if I have found favor, show me a sign and I will do it. And we all know the story of Gideon. He went ahead and he did a very good job. And he remains for us a symbol of hope in a very perilous time. I dare you to make a difference. I dare you to give, to take that one moment every day to give gratitude. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in and I hope you can make this space a home for your heart.